Ever dreamed of camping under the stars in Morocco, chasing the northern lights in Iceland, or tasting your way through Vietnam? Get ready to see the world with Intrepid. Planning a trip isn't always easy, and finding people to travel with can be even harder. With Intrepid, you can join a locally-led, small-group trip with like-minded adventurers who are just as passionate about discovering the world as you are. Visit IntrepidTravel.com and choose from over 1,000 trips to more than 100 countries. Intrepid. Good trips only. Out of the many uncertainties thrown up by the turmoil of recent years, the one thing the travel industry can be sure of is the need to adapt to a new reality. As the travel industry shut down, thousands of workers left for employment elsewhere. But now travel is back, there's a hesitancy to return. As such, a new approach is needed. Collaboration is key. While travel remains a competitive industry, the new way of working is working together. Today on Talking Travel, we're exploring this new approach to working together with two of the Australian travel industry's most prominent thought leaders. Welcome to Talking Travel, your home for all the big stories, major interviews, and a little bit of gossip from the world of travel with your hosts, John Underwood and Matt Lennon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Travel Talk podcast. I'm John Underwood, Managing Editor of Travel Talk, Australia's only travel trade magazine. And I'm Matt Lennon, Digital Editor of Travel Talk. Now, John, something's got me confused. You're a mad football fan. I mean, you're wearing a lead shirt now, but you're also a keen golfer. So does that make you a team player or a one-man band? At least I've got clothes on, Matt. <laughs> but you forgot about all my other favourite sports like table tennis, fencing and water polo. About you? Oh, you've got them all there. Uh, too often, John, I've I had the uh, the old line does not play well with others on my school report card, but I learned. Well, looks like we'll both be learning something from the guests on today's episode. Even though travel is well and truly back, and we're all grateful for that, agents are so overworked and agencies understaffed. So our guests today have an interesting solution the whole industry should consider. Today on Talking Travel, it's my pleasure to welcome two of the travel industry's outside-the-box thinkers, Anna Shannon from Travel Agent Finder and Charlie Javina from Destination Webinars. Thanks for joining us, ladies. Thank you. Hey, John. Thanks for having us. Now, Anna, you launched Travel Agent Finder only a couple of years ago, but since then it's taken off and it's now a key resource for travellers to find local expertise. Tell us a bit about the story on how you launched the site and how it's grown. Yeah, well, I guess a lot has changed in two years. I mean, really, I launched the site at a time where uh, they were estimating there was only about 10% of travel agents left in Australia. And I I, I was one who had lost my job. And uh, my, tra- my clients were calling me asking me, how do I find someone like you? And I didn't know because all my friends had lost their job too. So it was really about trying to find the agents who, who did manage to survive or who still were operating. Um, and very much along the lines of thinking, well, how can we make life easier? Travelers need an agent. Agents need to, um, you know, rebuild their business. Uh, let's match them together by expertise where, you know, everyone wins. So initially that's really what it was all about. You know, where are the agents like that are still around um, and uh, how can we get them to the right people? But I think over the last couple of years, things have changed. I mean, back then agents 
really we're, we're, we're hopeful for any kind of booking that might be coming along. Now things are so different, right? So they're often in a position where um, they actually have too much business and they're perhaps in a, even in a situation where they can be a bit picky and choosy about what they book. So what I love about Travel Agent Finder is that they can really concentrate on what they want to book. And if they're a destination specialist, you know, they can set their profile up in a way that really just attracts that kind of, um, you know, clientele or, or, or booking. So uh, there have been some shifts over the last couple of years, but, you know, it's still growing and we're all still finding our feet like everyone else in the industry. There's nothing like somebody seeing a problem and just finding a simple solution to it. That's so bravo on that one, Anna. Thank you. Now, Charlie, you aim to address a little bit of a different problem with destination webinars, don't you? There's so much training out there that travel agents need to be on top of, but no one was really bringing it all together into one place, were they? No, and I guess for me, it was actually more that not a lot of training was happening online, sort of, you know, pre-COVID, because actually the idea for the business I had before COVID, because I was already doing webinars, they did exist (laughs) before COVID, just letting you know. Um, So I was already working in that space, and I thought it was already an opportunity for agents to do more online training. So that was really where I saw the gap in the market for destination webinars was to, you know, we had the growth of home-based agents and just with lots of regional agents out there was to just fulfill that channel of getting tra- getting training online. And then also, yeah, I brought it all together by putting everything that I do into a library so that people could watch it on demand. Again, a way of doing it. Simple solution to a simple problem. That's it. And I, I kept thinking someone else was going to do it and they did it. So. <laughs> So I just went ahead and Brilliant. made it happen. Well, we I like simple things. Did, I actually used to watch um, Charlie's webinars. Uh, I, I loved that idea. I mean, we, you know, I was stood down initially and I had all this time, didn't know what to do with myself because I'd gone from working, you know, 80 hours a week with my clients to wondering what I was going to do to fill my day. And that was just the, you know, that was perfect at the time. Well done, Charlie. Yeah, thank you. And I think that was it. it, it COVID, you know, for me, presented an opportunity, which obviously was very different to everybody else in the industry that was struggling. Um, but it was an opportunity to help, but also an opportunity to to build something that I'd, I'd had an idea for. So yeah, just gave me that opportunity to, to give it a whirl and see what happened. And it worked out, thankfully. I'm sure it'll continue to grow. And I just want to pick on something you said in your earlier answer there about the amount of travel agents. You said that you thought that we'd gone down to about 10% couple of years on now, uh, is that number growing? I mean, are you seeing people coming back to the industry that had maybe previous left or even maybe new people coming in now? Yeah, it's really interesting. It's actually quite hard to, I was just talking about this um, with Charlie recently, actually. It's quite, it's quite yeah. hard to actually grasp how many agents there are in Australia. Um, and part of that is because of the explosion of uh, agents in the, in the home-based and mobile space. You know, there's uh, it's really interesting, but in the beginning, of course, people who were joining travel the Travel Agent Finder platform were um, those existing businesses who, you know, had managed to keep running. They may have been perhaps working another job, sometimes even two or three jobs, um, but keeping their travel business open. Whereas now I'm seeing the agents who are joining the platform um, are often new businesses. So when I say new businesses, they might be people who have years, or even decades of experience within the industry, but they're 
um, you know, that were out of it for whatever COVID personal reasons, maternity leave, that kind of thing, that they're now coming back in and realising that they can actually do this in a more flexible way and, um, you know, whatever their personal circumstances are in um, in a way that uh, suits their lifestyle. And, that, and, and I really think that's where that home base and mobile um, independent division is just so important to the industry. And we are seeing a lot more come back, which is good. Absolutely, yeah. So you mentioned um, the flexibility and, you know, the huge variety of circumstances that travel agents across Australia have to, you know, uh, manage around their, their jobs. What are some of the ways that um, understaffed travel advisors, or sorry, I should rephrase this question, there's obviously only so many agents out there and but there's not enough to meet the demand. Um, what are some of the ways that some of the understaffed agencies out there can pool their resources to, you know, work or work make their roles more flexible? I think um, there's actually a lot that you can do if you think outside the box. And um, I know that, you know, Charlie and I have done something that's quite different, but it's really around uh, understanding your business and your business needs because you've got to start with, and Charlie's really good at this, so please jump in um, if you like, Charlie. You've got to start with finding, you know, the systems and processes uh, in your business and actually playing to your strengths. So having a look at uh, what are the things that can be systemized, what are the things that somebody else might be able to help you with and what are the things that you should focus on um, that's really important for you to, to sort of manage in your business. That's really the first step. Yeah, and Anna and I were talking about this, that that's, that's how we feel. The first step is systems, processes, templates, because A, that's going to streamline your workload in itself, and B, when it comes to outsourcing, you then have some documents and things that you can pass on to somebody to say, hey, can you do this for me? without then having to explain everything and show them every single time. So repetitive tasks, things like that, just and pointing people in the direction for resources. You know, obviously Anna and I email agents a lot. So we get a lot of auto replies. And even some of those auto replies are just amazing. They say, hey, I'm busy right now, but I'd love to help you with your travel. Maybe fill out this form and give me an idea of, of what you're wanting. And just something like that is so simple in capturing the, a bit of information about that inquiry so that when you follow it up, you can also, you could have done a little bit of research before you talk to that client. So the first step for being understaffed is I think just, yes, streamlining and then deciding which of those tasks you are going to outsource. Maybe what's some of the easiest stuff that you can just start to filter off the bottom of your list. Um, and like Anna says, you know, home-based agents, that's a lot of what we work with. They're sole traders. We're sole traders. So we totally understand that and that we've got to our capacity. And that's where this whole idea of a shared resource came from, is that we're at capacity. We can't take on any more business or, you know, we're losing our lives by doing so many hours like many other people in the industry. So what tasks are the ones that we can start to let go of you know, our business babies, what can we let go of to give to somebody else? That's that's really where it starts. And I think we're we're seeing so um so much change within the industry. I know definitely from some of the agents that I've been speaking with. And 
I say when I grew up in the travel industry, which is probably a funny thing to say, but, you know, I really, uh, like most people, started um, from scratch in an agency. I didn't have any previous experience. My my career originally was um, marketing manager outside of the industry, nothing to do with travel. Um, and, you know, we very, the, the environment that I learnt in and learnt how to become a travel agent, we very much looked after the entirety of our own business. So we worked under a big company. Of course, we had a lot of support and systems, but you know, we were the, I was the person answering the phone, doing the consultation, doing the research, booking the flights, doing the tickets, um, you know, uh, physical documentation in a lot of, in a lot of cases back then. I know, I know that that's changed quite a bit. I mean, there's a lot of tasks within that, that did not need specialist knowledge um, of a travel agent. So what, in hindsight, really what I should have been doing is looking at what, I was really great at, which was consulting with clients and building an amazing itinerary for them in my specialty destinations, because I was not good at everything. That's a whole nother topic. Um, and really looking at who I could get to help me with those tasks that really didn't require um, those skills and and could be done or taught, uh, in, you know, to anyone that had enthusiasm and was willing to learn. So agents out there who are already uh, frazzled with the amount of work that they've got on their plate, is the hardest part making that first step and identifying the tasks that you can offload or outsource? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the thing is when you're that busy, you're just you're putting out fires constantly, right? So thinking of creating some space for something else is really hard. But Anna and I had this I think it was back in, well, we've been talking about it for a while, but it was back in July that we were both, we were really busy and we just said, okay, we need to do something about this. And I think we just set aside some time to sit and to, and to just nut it out and what it might look like and how many hours we thought we could start with. Um, and really we just, we had to take that time out to do that little bit of, of planning, um, to make it work. How closely do you guys work with the Australian Travel Industry Association? Are they advocating strongly on both of your behalves? Yeah, I mean, well, I, I do a webinar series uh, with them, so I, I do partner with them on that. I mean, from their perspective on this, I don't know if this is just an individual business thing. Anna and I were also talking about this earlier, but again, as sole traders, we're on a we're on a business journey, right? And we're not experts in being business coaches and things, but we we're figuring out some of this stuff along the way. And I think it's up to each individual business and business owner to have a look at these, uh, what you can do to better streamline your business. And there, there are a lot of resources out there and a lot of people out there. Um, you know, our friend Roz at Travel Agent Achievers is one of those as well, who is helping travel agents to just be more effective, more efficient in their businesses. But there, there's, there's a lot of resources uh, and things and, and to invest in yourself or maybe find a business coach or find some free resources to start figuring some of this stuff out. How was your take on that? I think, um, you know, it's probably not something that, that that high level is really going to concentrate on because, I mean, we talk a lot about collaboration, if I can pronounce it properly, sorry. <laughs> we talk a lot about collaboration. collaboration over over competition and um it, you know that 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 works on different levels right so when you're talking about a shared resource i mean it's not going to be someone working for um you know say one agency and then the the competitor um down the road necessarily but 
if you are within the same group or consortia or you have people that you can um, trust and that uh, where your businesses really align and you can collaborate with them, then there's there's really no need to actually be seen as competitors. So I think this is probably something that is more uh, better served on um, like a different level from organisations like, you know, Atia, for example. Yeah, more, more at a, a local base level. Charlie, what do you think? Is that a fair thing to say? Yeah, definitely. And that's, we do talk about collaboration over competition, but obviously that's appropriate at different levels, depending on who, yeah, who you're going to work with. So I know there were some home-based agents recently having, they've been talking about a shared resource and obviously that completely makes sense. They're working within the same retail group. Uh, they can take care of each other's businesses. They have a level of trust. And I think that word trust is probably really key because Anna and I know things about each other's businesses. We we already have that trust to then be able to bring somebody else in and to share that with them as well uh, to work across both of our businesses. So have you seen any examples of uh, what you're proposing already being in effect and working well anywhere around Australia? Well, interesting enough for me, there's... there's um. There were three travel agencies in Perth who actually combined uh, their premises and their receptionist back in 2016. And I think back at that time, this was a real shock to the industry that three, you know, competitive agencies would actually come under one roof. But I was there a few weeks ago speaking to them and they said it's just the best thing that they could have done. And actually it saved them through COVID because they had those reduced costs in terms of um, renting a premises and having a receptionist, that it's just worked out really well for them, that three competing businesses just have a shared premise and a shared receptionist. And I think that was a really great example. Uh, I think in general, I mean, the rise of the virtual assistant is pretty ubiquitous, you know, just across all industries. Um, And looking at bringing on virtual assistants and admin assistants to, like I said, just for people who are starting to get overwhelmed to just take away some of those uh, tasks at the bottom of the ladder that you can start to outsource. Is this an ongoing thing that you see agencies doing uh, for quite a while to come while apprentices are coming through the ranks and and new staff are doing their training and uh, gradually finding jobs, getting that experience? Because obviously that takes time. It does. And also I know that Virtuoso have got their program where they're recruiting uh, to put people into travel businesses to learn, you know, right from the bottom, but work with these really experienced, amazing travel agents to then obviously go on to build their own business. So it's it's an amazing model to bring somebody and, you know, sort of at the bottom and to do to learn, learn on the job and to work their way up. Uh, and at the same time, help your sellers to release some of the tasks they can focus on selling. I think it's actually something that um, uh, is done a lot in other industries. I sometimes think um, I can get in trouble for saying this, so sorry, but I'm just going to be honest. We're, we're, we love honesty. We, we love it. Go for it, Anna. We can Go be for a it. Traditional, traditional industry that sometimes doesn't really look at new ways of doing things. And um, it, it, it's not even really new ways of doing things because looking at, uh, if I talk from a travel agent's point of view, for example, looking at your business as a business and not just the way that you maybe learnt to, to how to operate as a travel agent, thinking of it as a business and thinking about, okay, what are my strengths and what can I outsource? I mean, there are 
small business owners and sole operators, uh, you know, outsource business functions all the time to other people. There's no reason why uh, travel agencies are any different. Um, I think really it's about, yeah, maybe challenging those industry norms. I mean, I've heard of travel agencies that were so busy that their phone just was off the hook. And, you know, to me, absolutely 100% makes sense to employ a receptionist that answers the phone, is the gatekeeper, makes the appointments. I mean, the person who is consulting in, in the store should not be interrupting their, you know, client meetings to, to be picking up the phone, um, which could be literally for anything. And then you've got uh, agencies at the moment or agents, I should say, at the moment who um, don't love booking flights or don't think they're really, really great at working in the GDS system. So they're actually outsourcing and paying somebody else to book the flights for their clients, somebody that they trust and know, and know of course, but, um, you know, and really focusing on what they do well. So that is not a traditional um uh, way to run a sole trader travel agency business, but I think it makes it makes absolutely so much sense. Um, if I can give you one, maybe one example from my personal uh, story as well, and this was a long time ago, way before um, uh, way before COVID, uh, just around challenging industry norms. Um, I uh, a long time ago was unwell with some um, autoimmune conditions and. My doctor actually said to me, stop coming back to me until you've quit your job. And, and I thought, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to quit my job. That's what I love doing. And, um, you know, I spoke to my employer at the time and uh, I just said, you know, is there, I mostly work off repeat and referral clients. Is there any way I can work from home instead of from the office? Because I need to, I've been told to quit my job. That's my career. That's what I love doing. I don't want to quit my job. So what else can we look at? And this was way, you know, well before uh, home-based agents were uh, a well-known thing. Um, and there was a little bit, potentially a little bit of resistance just because it was something different at the time. But thank, you know, luckily and thankfully, they were really open to trialing that and it worked really well. Um, and uh, for me, it meant that I could continue doing what I loved. And for them, it meant that, um, you know, I, I, all the sales that I br- bring in still went to, to them and not somewhere else. Or, you know, uh, that could have been a very different story for me if I had to stop that job and change industries and be doing something else like that. I would have hated it and tried to find a way back to the travel industry anyway. So I think just because we have always done something a particular way doesn't mean that's the best way to do it. And I think um, if if someone says that's not the way we do things here, I think everyone should put their thinking caps on and find another way because um, there's, uh, yeah, thinking outside the box and challenging those, um, the the traditional ways that we've always done things um, is, the, is the way forward, right? And about it. That's really interesting because... Earlier this year, Atia did say that the number of travel agents out there who are putting phone calls into counselling services like Lifeline is actually higher after the pandemic and in the recovery now than it was, you know, when they didn't have any clients and they were just doing refunds and, you know, their businesses were really at risk. So it's worse now. Yeah, I think that's because everybody's struggling with their work-life balance now, right? So... That flexibility piece is so important. And I mean, it was important for us, you know, and that's why we both have home-based businesses, you know, and we also wanted to recruit somebody 
who wanted flexibility and that fitted with their lifestyle. And I mean, our example with Rebecca is absolutely amazing because she, you know, I don't think she'll mind us saying that she's the mum of three young children. So she'd been out of the industry for five years, not wanting to have a full-time job back in the city, um, but being able to offer her some hours back in the industry that works around her family and her life is really valuable to her. And it's really valuable to us because we've ended up managing to recruit somebody who is, you know, probably well overqualified for the tasks that we need her to do. Uh, but it just, it's win, win, win for all three of us. So it's just worked out really well. You mentioned something earlier, Charlie, and it's a subject that Matt and I have gnashed our teeth about. AI is, uh, is the, the wash word of the morning and the day and the evening. How do you think AI is going to affect the work of a travel agent or is it not going to have any effect whatsoever? Well, I think you can, I mean, you can look at AI positively or negatively, right? So I think if we focus on the positives, then there is a lot that AI can do to help. I think it's already been talked about a lot that if we use AI as a foundation tool, so, you know, we can we can all use ChatGPT to look up, you know, the best places to go in Italy or whatever or find restaurants. But at the end of the day, you can't take that information and without verifying it, without um enhancing it and then that's the role of the travel advisor really is to you know do that maybe a bit of research that anyone can do but then use your expertise to really flesh it out use your relationships with your suppliers uh, and that's where a travel agent really does enhance that and can use AI to be helpful I mean Anna do you what do you think about the whole AI piece yeah it's really interesting I mean I've been using it uh well before chat GPT came out to be honest but I used it in a very particular way because I never wanted to sound like a robot and I never wanted to sound generic and I think from a travel travel advisor's point of view if um if you're copy and pasting from chat GPT then you're you're really um losing the whole value of why someone would use a travel agent because that's just you know information that anyone can find online we know people can book their travel online we know they can research their travel online but they're coming to you for you and what you what you add so just being really clear about that line of um you know using those tools uh to speed things up perhaps but not necessarily um to to be the answer so i often use it for idea generation uh but um or there's always an element of um my own input and from a travel agent's point of view for example uh, personalization like there's little tidbits about destinations that I specialized in that there's no way chat GPT is ever gonna throw out no way um so it I guess it's a combination of using it to your advantage for those speed efficiencies but um but not using it as the answer I definitely agree and this is something that Fiona from Virtuoso told me earlier in the year that ultimately it is it is just a tool and travel agents yeah. shouldn't be afraid of it. it. Certainly it might know everything or might know more than them, but it doesn't have any customer service skills. And that's a huge part of this industry. Yeah, relationships, customer service. And like Anna says, there's always those people who will book their travel online, but th those are not your clients anyway as a travel agent. Exactly. The people who want, who value that service and want to be able to pick up the phone and speak to somebody uh, you know, those those people are your clients, the ones that value your service and your expertise. I think I, um, I probably had a freelance journalist who must have been the um, founder of these AI systems because he wrote to me and said, 
I want to do a story about Singapore. And he spelt it S-I-N-G-A-P-O-U-R. And I, I had to look at it a couple of times just to check that I hadn't been spelling it wrong for all these years. Goodness. And I had another gentleman who wrote to me about <laughs> Gibraltar and the opening paragraph was 104 <laughs> words. And it was like he copied and pasted it from Wikipedia. It said, Gibraltar is a rock in the Mediterranean. And Gibraltar is famous for monkeys. And Gibraltar, and yeah, he used the words Gibraltar a hundred times. So I think he's probably the founder of AI. Yeah, he got Gibraltar right. Tell, but right? anyway, yeah, you absolutely. Can, anyway, tell. enough of my wandering down memory lane. Uh, what's next for Travel Agent Finder, Anna? What can we look forward to? Well, so much. I mean, where would I start? We've only got half an hour. <laughs> I'm looking at you no, no, no. I'll keep it brief. I'm looking at new ways to feature agents and really hone in on, um, you know, how they specialize or what they specialize in and being able to showcase that to travelers because I just so strongly believe about connecting the right people and really how everyone wins in that scenario. Um, and yeah, I'm really, uh, I'm looking at also improving um, Travel Trade Connect for agents as well because they are so busy. And you know what you mentioned before, Matt, about, um, uh, you know, people putting in those calls because they've just got so much going on and it's, it is a really hard time. So anything that can streamline their business or help them um, uh, is really important to me. So definitely looking at how I can make their life easier that way. And um, uh, I guess I've been really fortunate to meet some really amazing operators um, within the industry, you know, like Charlie as well. And I'm looking forward to collaborating more and looking at what opportunities there are to work together um, next year and beyond. What about you, Charlie? Um, yeah, so I've, I've had a great year and I would like to, you know, say thank you to all of the agents who tune into the webinars that I host or watch videos and also all the suppliers and destinations that I've worked with. Um, so I've actually still got quite a bit coming before the end of the year. I've got a lot of, a lot of sessions coming if anyone wants to check in with what's happening. And then for next year, just, yeah, refining those series. Uh, I normally do a survey each year, so I like to hear from the agents, you know, what do you want? What do you need? Like Anna said, we our purpose is really to help agents, to help them find information, to help them find resources so that they, you know, can do their job better and they can service their clients. And if we can save them some time on their research and helping them find things, then that's a massive bonus for us. Um, but yeah, just looking at doing more of the same, but just a little bit of tweaks here and there based on agent feedback. Well, there's some great ideas that the two of you have thrown up today. You've uh, really let the fox into the hen house. The dynamic it's, uh, duo they are. Things uh, right up in the air. Like Batman but, and Robin. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, we love working Outs together. <laughs> outside the box thinkers indeed, as you described. But um so everyone will hopefully benefit from all these from these ideas. Uh, how easy do you think it is to implement them? Well, that's always the idea is always the easy part, right? Talking about yeah. stuff, it's the making it happen. Taking but I that think step. as well, um, that's where finding a partner, you know, or a strategic partner like Anna and I would call ourselves. We then you then become accountable to each other, and that's also just really great in terms of getting stuff done. Um, is just having that accountability partner and sharing some of that load as well. You know, when Anna and I were recruiting for Rebecca, we took it in turns to go through some of the applications and we just, we shared that workload between us as well. Um, so that worked really well. There's some really great uh, group forums and Facebook groups uh, within the industry. And I think that they can provide a really good resource as well. So 
those people who are really happy to, you know, comes back to that collaboration over competition, those people who are really happy to find people to, to work together, I think that's a really great place to start. Well, I think we're going to hear much more from both of Good you in the, in the coming years. And uh, congratulations from all of us here at Travel Talk for what you've done so far and no doubt what you're going to be doing in the future. We look forward to seeing what's going to happen. Now, our last question on travel, what do we call this, Matt? Tra talking travel. That's the, our last question on talking travel. It's been a long day. Is to ask our, uh, <laughs> our esteemed guests where they're traveling to either now or in the future. I'll start with you, Charlie. Where are you off to? Where are you going to be seeing the world? Oh, domestic or international? So I'll quickly domestic. Doesn't matter. You pick. NTIA Awards. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to coming to Melbourne. Yeah, down the road. Uh, and then coming back to Sydney again for some of that Christmassy stuff, Cato Christmas lunch, the Women in Travel Awards. Anna and I will be at those as well. Really looking forward to those. Anna is a finalist. Give her a shout out for Women in Travel Awards. Well done. Uh, and then next year, next year, I, I think, John, you know, I'm a runner. I actually have a London marathon spot. So I will hopefully be heading back to the UK uh, and Germany and Dubai. So that's my next international trip. Wow, that's a long marathon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to run from uh, and back, London to do Dubai, a lap of honor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anna, what about you? Um, I am actually so excited that I can't even talk right now because because of uh, my business and everything that's happened over the last two years, I have not been overseas since before COVID, wow. believe it or not. I must be the lucky last person <laughs> in the whole industry. But um, <laughs> I am off to Fiji in around 10 days, um, 10 or 12 days to speak at the Travel Agent Achievers uh, business retreat for travel agents, which is really exciting. So I've added on a bit of extra time there um, just to have some downtime. And uh, I'm really hoping that next year can be the year that I can start traveling again and doing what I love and hopefully operating my business from from anywhere. That's the um, that's the goal. Not sure how I'm going to get there yet, but I'm working on it. That could be a harder marathon. <laughs> I can't run. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we have to leave it there, ladies. It's been uh, wonderful talking to both of you. And uh, it sounds like 2024 is going to be a huge year for you both. So we wish you the absolute best for next year and beyond. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Talking Travel. Until next time, travel well, travel safe, but most importantly, travel now. Ever dreamed of camping under the stars in Morocco, chasing the northern lights in Iceland, or tasting your way through Vietnam? Get ready to see the world with Intrepid. Planning a trip isn't always easy, and finding people to travel with can be even harder. With Intrepid, you can join a locally-led, small-group trip with like-minded adventurers who are just as passionate about discovering the world as you are. Visit IntrepidTravel.com and choose from over 1,000 trips to more than 100 countries. Intrepid. Good trips only.